And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus called The Christian Journey. First, one of the most amazing insights from the gospel is how accurately they convey people's current 21st century attitudes and actions. People are shouting accusations against one another with no possibility of forgiveness anywhere. Condemning the innocent has been the enemy's tactic for a thousand years. So don't be too surprised at this uptick against the Christians. Next, an authentic Bible believer has received one of the most incredible benefits that could ever be granted to a human being, divine forgiveness. Minimizing or diluting that gift is a trick from the kingdom of darkness. Instead, the enemy tries to manipulate us into forgetting about the power of forgiveness. He reinforces this by continually accusing you and me about our past and current failures, and he does it relentlessly. And finally, we receive forgiveness, then we extend forgiveness because we've received it and we can give it. When that pipeline gets clogged, when we have a hard time receiving it or giving it, the power of forgiveness is diminished. That's not because God has less forgiveness, but because there's too much restriction on our end. So let's keep the pathways open. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oive, so much more. Hey, 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 hey. We're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. Hey, you know what that is? That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can email us during the show, or you can text us during the show, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Dave, what are those numbers? Well, thanks, Dave, for asking. 214-210-8483. Starting on Monday, we'll be back in the studio, and you'll be able to call in, too, but we're not quite there yet. Uh, But I do want people to get an update on what took place at the doctor. I'll give that in just a split second. But here's what I want you to be aware of. You might have a prayer request or a praise report. We want you to definitely email us or text us during the show. And if you have one that you don't want to be offered up on the show and you just need some prayer, 
go to the website, teamusincrease.org, and check it out, because that way we'll have a group of people praying for you. Nothing wrong with that. Always a good thing, and it's always confidential. The key is to remember is that in you reaching out, we're going to be putting you on our prayer list. Basically, you're going to get prayed for every day. Worst case scenario, you're just getting prayed for more which doesn't seem like a bad thing. By the way, the number that I gave you for uh, texting, which is the 214-210-8483 number, that's the number you would also use for trivia. (gasps) Trivia? Like what kind of trivia? Like Bible trivia? Like what are the names of the three sons of Adam and Eve? You don't have to get really serious on me. Just give me the names. What are the names of the three sons of Adam and Eve? If you think you know the answer, you just want to send it. That's right, three. If you think you know the answer, you want to send a text to 214-210-8483, or you want to send an email, david at he must increase dot org. I will now give you an update on what took place at the doctor, and that is, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I have a nickname at the doctor, my nickname at the doctor's office with all the doctors and all the nurses and all the assistants is Trouble. That's what they call me. Trouble. Okay. I just want to say that's kind of funny. Uh, Anyway, I went in there today, and they reviewed my leg. For those that don't know, I went through a second surgery on my leg. So that's two in the last five and a half weeks. And they said, looks great. No more surgery needed. Starting my physical therapy. Actually, I'm starting it at the end of this week. I'll be in the studio on Monday. But until then, we're going to do the show from the house. Uh, I know the sound doesn't sound perfect. But if the Lord has something for you to hear, and we're here to offer it, and we can make the connection, we want to make sure we're doing that. So I'll be in the studio Monday. I'm doing a lot better. The doctor says I'm doing better. No third surgery needed, and my nickname is Trouble. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? All right. Uh, don't forget, uh, we'll do a plug on the website with Chris at the, in about two segments, but not yet. But I do want to remind you about the book that's out. It's called The Jewish Christian. We probably make a buck a book, so it's not a lot about <laughs> selling a bunch of books. It is a lot about getting closer with the Lord step by step. And that's pretty much my passion and one of my commitments. And for those that are listening to the show, we do a lot of dumb things, plus we do a lot of decent things. But the bottom line is we're sisters uh, that are just trying to not just hang in there, but strengthen one another and prevail as we draw closer and closer to the Lord. This isn't church. This is a fellowship. And the idea behind this is for you to support the church that you're behind, be a part of that. And this is just here to give you a boost. And we hope that we do that to some fashion in some way. Well, Uh, let's see that, 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 that's all. I'm going to talk next segment or two about vaccination, which ought to make everybody's uh, hair curl on the top of their heads. (laughs) Keep in mind, this show, it's not professional radio, it's just radio. Uh, And with that in mind, you're always welcome to reach out and touch base base with us. Not everybody loves the show, but but not everybody, you know, likes the show. (laughs) Not everybody hates it, not everybody likes it. It's kind of like ice cream. Yeah, I like that flavor. Yeah, I don't like that flavor. All right, let's get into our text. I got something that is so cool. I'm super excited to share with you, and I really hope this is a blessing for you. So please, 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 please listen to what I'm going to share with you, okay? Matthew chapter 12. 
Verse 1, at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some of the heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. Jesus answered, Haven't you read when Dave, what David did when he and his companions were hungry? How he entered the house of God and how he and his companions ate the consecrated bread. Listen to what Jesus says. Listen to this, folks. Haven't you read in the law that the priests on the Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent? I tell you something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these mean, these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. There is a lot of condemnation that is going on. There is a ton of it in the political world. The majority of the condemnation is condemning innocent people that have nothing to do with anything as people bloviate on the radio, the television, the Internet about how great they are for the purpose of political gain. And yet Jesus said, if you just understood this, I desire mercy not sacrifice. What the Lord tries to teach people is everybody trying to do everything just by regulations, just by the way that they're supposed to be done, is not workable with God in the same capacity. Man cannot keep the law of God apart from the help of God, which is what the Old Covenant demonstrates clearly. The New Covenant is us keeping the law with the assistance of the Holy Spirit living inside of us and the redemption that brought that available through the work of, of Jesus Christ. God loves mercy. Listen to me. God doesn't love rendering the judgment the way that you and I might on some of the people that we hear. He loves mercy, and he doesn't want him, his people. He doesn't want his own followers condemning the innocent. And too often, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just being honest, too often we forget Ephesians 6.12. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Think about this. Think about that, that reality, that there's an invisible war going on. And our struggle, while we always think it's against people, has much more to do with spiritual warfare than it does with people just being obnoxious. And we don't understand the principle, myself included, how God is passionate about mercy more so than he's passionate about sacrifice. Just so you can understand, sacrifice represents obedience, but mercy moves past human ability and is a, is a gifting from God. I want you to just catch that. We can't be a people that condemn the innocent. I know you're thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. Where am I condemning the innocent? Uh, believe it or not, I'm going to tell you what I think a lot of Christians are doing, which creates a lot of danger. Okay? And I know you're going to be kind of like a little mad at me, but I love you. Don't forget the names of the three sons of Adam and Eve, Cain, Abel, and Seth. 
Cain, Abel, and Seth. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time energy like so few can right here on KAAM with his special guest today focus on the family trauma specialist Tim Sanford people as they try to sort this out they 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 go through this uh they, they go through maybe a litany or a list in their mind and try to evaluate well you know is this this and is this this and and what you said right there is the key that the core of our strength the core of our ability to to go on yet for another day in the midst of what we would consider to be uh chaos both uh, socially politically and, and in other realms is the lord i mean the lord gives us the ability until he blows that trumpet we are not done Exactly, and that's where we come back to people ask me, well, again, the why, why, why questions that people all across the U.S. are asking. And my best theological accurate answer I can give them is, I don't know. I don't stop there. That is an accurate answer. I finished my answer then by saying, here's what I do no. I know that God is still on his throne. I know that God knew what was going on. I don't know why he, no, I don't know why that. Here's what I do know. God is still a loving God. He still is in charge. Here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. The David Spoon Experience. If Jesus was like me. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let's get ready for our next trivia question, just to make sure everybody stays kind of connected and on board. Our very uh, last trivia question was, what are the names of the three sons of Adam and Eve? And that was Cain, Abel, and Seth. 
Here you go on the next one. A difficult. These are all up upscale trivia questions. Okay, don't get upset about that. It's part of learning, part of growing into the process. Here's the question: Paul was warned about a plot against him by what relative of his? Paul was warned of a plot against him by what relative of his? Now, I will say that you could probably find that in the book of Acts. <laughs> That's my nice way of saying you can find it in the book of Acts. If you think you know the answer, you can text in 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. You can also send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. I have a couple of jokes for you for you guys to think about that. Here's something that is, uh, it's funny. Now, remember, if you're going to answer a trivia question, I cannot answer the phone. you got to text it in. got to text it in. So 214-210-8483. Uh, here's a joke. And, again, that, that trivia question, though, Paul was warned about a plot against him by what relative of his that's in the book of Acts. Here you go. Ready for this joke? This is a classic. So, Chris, you let me know if this joke is any good or not. Uh, by telling me in the typing system. Here we go. This is the joke. I didn't write this, even though it starts off with Big Dave. Big Dave seemed to always fall asleep during the Sunday sermon. His wife, Martha, was fed up and decided to deal with the embarrassing situation. The next Sunday, when he fell asleep, she quietly removed some pungent Roquefort cheese from her bag in her purse. And passed it right under Dave's nose. Groggily startled, Big Dave blurted out, No, Martha! No, please! Don't kiss me now! <laughs> that is pretty funny, right? I mean, that's... <laughs> Come on, don't kiss me. Okay. Right, one more, just because I'm in the mood. Uh, for for uh, Pastor Nicholas's uh, 60th birthday, the congregation uh, at uh, Mary's uh, St. Mary's Network in England decided to give him a present of a new suit. He was so moved by the gift. The following Sunday morning, he stood up before everyone and began his message with a tear in his eye and said, "Today, I'm preaching to you in my birthday suit." Get it? There you go. You just can't laugh. I can't help you. That's funny. I don't care what you say. All right. Uh, Paul Paul was warned of a plot against him by what relative of his? You get a chance to answer. You only have a little bit of time left, though. Uh, you can text 214-210-8483. You can also send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Let me I'm going to do <clears throat> I'm actually going to take a swig of tea. So humdi dumdi dumdi. The reason I'm going to do that is because I want you to be able to hear what I'm about to say, and it's not all super nice. That doesn't mean I'm trying to be mean, and I'm not trying to be authoritative and tell you, this is the way you must do it. I'm just telling you something that I have observed, and I think it's an important part of this text that we're talking about. Jesus had a problem with the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees were not unbelievers. They believed in God. They just squeezed God in this weird box and had a different concept of God and decided not to really use the word, but use their interpretation of the word more than anything else. So they were accused of, by Jesus, of condemning the innocent. Right? 
Now, follow, follow me. You got to follow the ball. Don't get offended. Listen. 2 Corinthians 2, 10 through 11. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Paul, in writing the second letter to the church at Corinth, said, look, if you're going to forgive that person, I'm going to be right there with you. I'm going to forgive, and we're going to operate in the principle of forgiveness and the forgiveness factor, because if we don't, then Satan is going to get a chance to outwit us. This is one of his schemes. He goes, we are not unaware of his schemes. Well, what's his scheme, Paul? What are you trying to say? Paul is mentioning the scheme of Satan trying to operate in Christians being people who do not forgive. And while there's plenty of people in the world to be mad about, the irony is that this is directed towards a group of church people. It's not directed to people outside the church. We keep saying, well, I'll forgive this relative. They don't believe, and so on and so forth. This is dealing with people that do believe. And what's being promoted from the Lord is, hey, don't don't condemn the innocent. You can't do that. You got to be careful how you do that. Now I'm going to give you an example, and this is where people's heads are going to blow off, and I'll get about thirty emails, if not more. So there's a thing going on in our country right now that people are dealing with COVID, and there's no question that people are dealing with it differently in different regions, right? Nobody's going to argue that. If you live in New York, well, first of all, I'm sorry. But anyway, if you live in Texas, you're smiling and going, yay, uh, because our state uh, operates on a different set of principles, and it just seems to be a different ballgame altogether. That's not even it. What you have is you have a government right now that is looking down on people that are unvaccinated, Okay, they're not encouraging people to get vaccinated as much as they're telling the people who are unvaccinated, you stink. Okay, first of all, that's just stupid. Okay, you catch a few more. What do you catch a few more flies with? You catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar. So just the practicalities of that kind of thinking is just like weird. Okay, it's like, why would you do that? So ridiculous. Number two, there is a movement in the church that people are standing against getting vaccinated. You know my stand. I've taken it before, and I'll take it again. I go to Romans 14. I'll go there every time for every person, every time. If you're a person that feels you should be vaccinated, you need to be vaccinated. If you're a person that is against that vaccination and you stand before God in that, you stand in that before God. It doesn't matter what the government says. You follow what the big G tells you to do. In fact, people are like, well, you should do whatever the government tells you to because that's that one scripture in Romans 13. There's 25 examples of believers defying the government in the name of God. So that idea is rubbish. Nobody buys that even in Daniel 3, three people, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all said, not a chance, Kingy, ain't going to happen. So the bottom line is people that are vaccinated and people that are not vaccinated have to make this decision on their own based, of course, in consultation with their doctor, of course, based on their research, but most importantly, based on their connection with God, based according to the Word of God. The problem that I've seen on Facebook is Christians crucifying other Christians, unvaccinated Christians, 
crucifying vaccinated Christians, which is just as evil. That's just as dumb as the, as the government going after the unvaccinated and treating them like, like dirt. So is it for the Christian who's not vaccinated to treat the Christian who is vaccinated that way. Can't do that. You can't condemn the innocent. You can't do that. What you can do is keep your position, not change your position, stand firm in your position, but don't condemn another man's servant for a decision they have made. The best thing that I saw were two people, one vaccinated and one not, standing next to each other with signs that say, I support her decision not to be vaccinated, and the other sign said, I support her decision to be vaccinated. That's where you're supporting one another. Not this, and don't get, don't write me a letter and say you're stupid, Dave. You don't know this disease does this. Oh, be quiet. If a person before God in <laughs> the salt. So why I bring that up is because there is it's okay to requisition from the royal treasury. And if you're a person that's inclined to being sharing and giving. All right. So I, I almost knew this was going to happen just to let you know that the phone would drop. <laughs> you think, how do you know that? You just get those suspicions. Anyway, your consciousness before God is the number one factor. That determines whether you get a cold shot, a flu shot, a COVID shot, anything, anything. It is first between you and God now, forever, and always. And if people don't like it, they can stick a ear of corn in their nostril. That's kind of how you have to look at that. Nothing. It's the point is you don't challenge people's decisions that they make before God if it's something that they've brought before the Lord in prayer and that's where they land. You support them as they seek the Lord. That's what we're called to. We don't condemn the innocent. I know people are like, no, you can't say this. Like, yeah, no, I can't. And the enemy is the one who's creating a lack of forgiveness between Christian and Christian. That's not how that should be. We should support one another endlessly. Even if we disagree, you still love and support one another. Isn't that how that's supposed to be? I thought that was brothers and sisters. I would never do some of the things that my brother does or my sister does, but I'm supposed to love them, even though at times they make it very hard. Get it? All right. What relative of Paul warned him of the plot against him? That answer is Paul's nephew. Paul's nephew warned him about the plot against him, and then Paul had him tell the jailer who then told the commander. Okay. All right, folks, we're going to take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The David Spoon Experience. You don't know what's going to happen in one minute, let alone one hour from now. And God, who it's impossible for God to lie, has made this commitment, made this offer, made this opportunity to both you and me and all of us around. The simplicity is that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
and that the wages of that sin, the wages falling short, is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And God, demonstrating his love for us, sent Jesus Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. There is nothing more important than that principle right there. The hope that is offered to believers who acknowledge and surrender to the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's what's being offered. That's what gives you encouragement. That's what enables you to go on. You're going to have a lot of sorrow in this life. Job said it best, a man's days are few and full of trouble. But in the next, there is something so wonderful that even in man's mind, we cannot retain it. For eye has not seen, neither has ear heard, neither has, can the heart comprehend, can, can, can't even receive the great things which God has prepared for them that love him. There's such a great thing that's coming for us, such a great place, such a wondrous place. But you got to acknowledge the invitation. You got to say yes. Because if you don't say yes, you're not going to that wedding. The wedding of the Lamb. Don't be that person. Don't be that person that rejects it. Don't be that person that lives in sorrow, in grief, and in sadness. Don't be that person. Be the one that says yes. So that you can be a part of the great wedding feast, that you can be a part of the great celebration. Oh, life is much more than this 60, 70, 80, 90 years. It's eternity on the line. And if you've already said yes, rest in the comfort. Rest in that place. Rest in that goodness. That all is well. And even on this side, if it's hard, on the other side, it's glorious. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here you go. There is a interesting trivia question. Get yourselves ready. Get yourself ready. Get yourself ready. And for everybody who's mad at me, I love you. Here we go. Ready? How was Jezebel killed? There it is. How was Jezebel killed? That's the trivia question. So you can go in your concordance and look up the word Jezebel. Just try not to do it on a, like, just a simple search. Just look it up. Take the time, because that will implant it in your mind and heart. If you think you know the answer, by the way, you want to text us 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. You can also email us, david at org. 
That's David at hemustincrease.org, which does, this time, lead us to the website. We want to encourage you to check out the website. We are, as you know, listener-based funded. We don't uh, uh, really, we don't, we don't make any money. That's not even it. We're just trying to keep paying the bills and have enough money to go back and forth to the studio. Trust me. <laughs> so here's, uh, here's what we're going to ask you to do. Prayerfully consider it. Uh, check out the website, hemustincrease.org, and if the Lord puts it on your heart to give, give, and if he doesn't, then please pray for us that the doors will open up for us. Please check out hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, hemustincrease.org. YouTube, hemustincrease.org. Doki doki artichoke. All right, so uh, by the way, on that last trivia, the nephew uh, answer, a bunch of people got it right, so that's really good, everybody. That's really, that's knowing your scripture. Good job, good job. Again, today's question, or this segment's question, how was Jezebel killed? If you think you know the answer, send a text, 214-210-8483, or send an email, david at org. Before we get into the rest of the teaching, we will, in fact, do... A little bit of history. So let's play our history song. Let's go living in the past. Let's go living in the past. All right, there's a couple of fascinating things for today I want to point out. Today is Cliche Day. You think uh, Cliche Day, what's that? Uh, better safe than sorry. Uh, better late than never. Haste makes waste. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Cat got your tongue? When you uh, you get what you pay for in the nick of time. Uh, my how time flies. As old as the hills. Don't cry over spilled milk. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. Okay, those are cliches. So it's cliche day. It's also National Sandwich Day. I don't know how you can go wrong with that. There's just not anything in the world that could be bad about that. National Sandwich Day, that has bread. It sure does. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, 1913 on this day, the income tax is first introduced to the United States. Those of you that are thinking taxes have been around forever, no, they haven't. Since 1913, it became a nationalized program. In 1954, right uh, on the same date, but several years later, the first Godzilla movie was released in Japan, (laughs) for those that want to know. And then finally, uh, 1956 on this day, the first TV showing of Wizard of Oz. The 39-movie classic had become a TV tradition. It was Hollywood's first film shown uncut in prime time on coast-to-coast television uh, throughout the networks. So that's fascinating. A lot of people don't know that. All right. We got that. We got that. Back to our trivia question. How was Jezebel killed? Now, just go in the back of your Bible, look up the word Jezebel in the concordance, and you'll find out. I'm sure that you will see it in there clearly. If not, I'll give the answer in a little bit. I think we've covered everything. Make sure uh, we've got a good sound. We've got a good line. I'm getting ready to get into this next section, very important section. I want you to stay with me on this because it all goes together, and that is important. So as you know, we listened, We, we read 2 Corinthians 2, 10 through 11. Uh, anyone you forgive, I forgive also. For what I have forgiven, if there's anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake in order that Satan might not outwit us. We are not unaware of his schemes. 
what are his schemes? His schemes are to keep us from forgiving, giving forgiveness, to keep us from being a forgiving people, to keep us from being a people that extend forgiveness to those that need it. One of the observations you make as you live as a Christian after time, and anybody will testify to this, in the first few years it seems to be a little bit easier to forget everybody and anybody, but as you get older and older in the faith, it becomes a little harder to forgive the people that you're closest to because you expect the most from them, and when they disappoint you, they don't get the same level of courtesy forgiveness that other people do. That's something we have to work on. We've got to do a better job living in forgiveness because that's how the Lord approaches us. He forgives us our sins. And that becomes the big central issue. The biggest central issue is this. God has forgiven your sins. That doesn't mean that everything you've done from that forgiveness point, you've done perfectly. That doesn't mean that everything you've done, God has agreed with since you received that forgiveness. But what it does mean is that what God compares the forgiveness that he grants to the forgiveness that we should be extending, he does a numerical uh, equivalence in Matthew chapter 18. And in Matthew 18, the amount that is forgiven with the master is uh, multitudes or hundreds and thousands of dollars that have been absolved, but then the, the amount that's forgiven for person to person is just a little pittance, just a little portion. And we receive this massive amount of forgiveness, this massive amount of grace for our debt. We couldn't pay the debt. It's 10,000 bags of gold, it says in one, in one translation. 10,000 bags of gold. And the Lord forgives us. And then somebody does something against us, and it's a bag of silver. And we can't forgive them. So wait, let me get this straight. So God forgives us 10,000 bags of gold. But for us to forgive a person for one bag of silver, now that's hard. What is that? That's a disconnect. That's a disconnect from you and I knowing what forgiveness is. Jesus died on the cross, he was buried, and three days later he rose again. He did that for our redemption. He did that so we can be in reconciliation with God. And the debt that God has forgiven you and me is massive. 10,000 bags of gold from the beginning of our life to the end and every sin in between. Unbelievable amount of debt. And anybody who sins against you, super, super, super small compared to what God has forgiven you and I in. And he's like, no, that's not good. In fact, Matthew 18, 35 says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from their heart. In the story that he shares, the master takes the guy that wouldn't forgive and throws him in the jail to be tortured. Like God's like, no, that ain't a game. And what Jesus is communicating is, I have forgiven you so much. Is it that big a deal for you to forgive others the very little that they've offended you? And you think, well, I don't know, but I'm mad. Congratulations. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you're mad. And I don't mean that in a, in a, in a bad, I understand, but it doesn't change it. God forgave 
10,000 bags of gold when he forgave your sin. And somebody asks for forgiveness or doesn't even know how to ask you for forgiveness but needs your forgiveness, you won't even toss a bag of silver in their direction? No, that's, that's not right. That doesn't seem right. At least it doesn't seem right to me. I don't think it would seem right to you either. And remember, you do unto others as you have them do unto yourself. We need to be the people of the greatest sense of forgiveness. That asks for people to sin. Because you forgive somebody, it doesn't say, I bless you in your sin and want you to sin some more. It's fantastic. That's not what forgiveness is. That other thing I just mentioned, that's acceptance. That's different. The idea is to extend the mercy, extend the grace, extend the compassion, extend the pity. Not because that person is worthy of it. My goodness, no. But because God did that for you and I, because it's not that we're worthy of it. Goodness, no. We're not worthy of it. But he extends it to us anyway. You see, when you extend it, it can't be somebody that does everything you want them to do perfectly, because that's not, that's not what those words mean. So we have to have a forgiving heart, a forgiving spirit, one that reflects Jesus. I want you to just, I don't, I want you to just think about this one thing and put yourself right next to this situation. Jesus is on the cross. He's dying. His own creation has crucified him. The people that he helped make alive, he helped them live. And Jesus is on the cross after being crucified by his very own creation. And they're mocking him, and they've already spit on him, and they've beaten him with sticks, and they've, they've tortured him, and they've ridiculed him. And he's up on that cross, and he says, Father, give them everything they deserve. Bless them with the cannon of heaven. Man, that will be awesome. Or... He said, Father, forgive them. They don't have any idea what they're doing. Oh, yeah, that one. Oh, yeah, that one. That's how we should be extending forgiveness. Father, forgive them. They don't have any idea. And by the way, Jesus did that in the midst of being crucified, not afterwards. Okay? All right. Trivia question. How was Jezebel killed? Uh, big props to Joy and to a few others who got that Joy in and Cordelia. She was pushed out a window. So another reason to have, I guess, blinds on the window, I guess. Okay. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. All of mankind destroying everyone. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. On God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. Every 
once in a while when I do the uh, radio hosting, I have this wonderful opportunity to talk to people that influence the church, that are a blessing to the church. Today is no different. I am blessed, by the way, to have the opportunity to talk with Pastor Robert Morris. He is the founding and lead pastor of Gateway Church. He's a best-selling author. He's written some excellent material, but he has a new book out, which has the greatest title ever next to the Bible. The, the new book is called Take the Day Off. That's all I ask for. The book is entitled Take the Day Off, Receiving God's Gift of Rest. Pastor Marshall, you're there with us. I am, David, and it is so good to talk with you today. I do want to let you know before we get going uh, that I was actually introduced to you by somebody at your church about a year ago. I was at a place called Inigen, and uh, somebody named Robert, who went to your church, he gave me your book, uh, you know, Beyond Blessed, and I had not uh, actually had the chance to engage on any of your material yet. I read that, and it was a really timely book, which was really cool. Oh, and th- then I was able to go and get your book on the Holy Spirit, which I thought was one of the best pneumatology well, books that I've read in eight in a long time. So just so that <laughs> you know, you. I really appreciate thank that. Thank you. I, I've, uh, I actually I came from a Baptist background, and, um, and so I've actually had, I have some friends that are, uh, Dallas Theological Seminary. I have some friends that are at Church of Christ, and I have some friends that, you know, just come from all sorts of different backgrounds that are not quote unquote Pentecostal charismatic. And again, that's not my background either. I went to Crystal right there in Dallas and to East Texas Baptist College before that. But anyway, I've had so many guys tell me that they really appreciated um, that book on the Holy Spirit. Um, and they may not even agree with everything in it, but they appreciated the sensitivity and the way I handled the, yeah. the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, you so. did, it was a great job. I mean, I was born and raised Jewish. I became a Christian. I'm oh, a, okay. I have a Baptist and a Pentecostal ordination. And <laughs> Pentecostal. Just, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Baptist. I'm a Calminian, and I'm a manifold <laughs> millennialist. So <laughs> anytime you <laughs> want to sit great. there and talk about diversity, I'm there for you. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here is your trivia question. Who crafted an idol for the Israelites to worship while Moses was away? Who crafted an idol... For the Israelites to worship while Moses was away. If you think you know the answer, you can send a text, 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at org, Or you can send a text at 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email to david at org. Get that? I'm doing both of those, like, twice. Okay. Well, I thought it was funny. Thanks. Anyhow. All right. So that's our trivia question that we're dealing with today. Uh, For those that are highly offended about different things, uh, there's a great passage for you in 1 Corinthians 13. Love is not easily offended. So there. It's so amazing what you can do. If you want to use Scripture in a certain way, you can. It's not the right way to do it, but uh, just, you know, you really want to keep things in context. That's the way you want to do it. Okay. 
All right, let's get back. I'm hearing a little bit of echo, Chris. Tell me if you can hear it or not. Uh, I want to get back to this particular thing that we're talking about, so it is uh, really important, and that is understanding our commitment, our need to have a commitment to be operating in the power of forgiveness. Let me just say something. Uh, that really fits into this whole connection. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. It doesn't say that anger is a sin. It says in your anger, don't sin. Don't have so much anger that it stews and it stays with you, because most of us know when you have a lot of anger and it stays with you, it turns into bitterness, and that is like the last thing that you want in life. And then it says this in verse 27, do not give the devil a foothold, which means that when we stew or when we saute or when we fry in anger— and we let the sun go down, and we just keep it going and going and going, we're giving an opening to the enemy in our own lives about being angry about something else. You see, people think, well, if, I, if I'm mad about this, and, you know, I mean, at, at some point the enemy will get him or God will get him, and it's like if you keep being mad about something to an excess, the enemy will get you. You'll always be the one that's opening up a door. And it's like, no, nah, you don't want to do that. That's just a terrible idea. And then just Colossians, just a couple of verses. I think you guys know it well. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. See, that would be a good thing right there to have on everybody's car. Uh, if you had that saying and you had to read that before you drove, <laughs> and then after you drove, so before you go on your drive, and then after you're done with your drive, you have to read it again. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. It's pretty straightforward. How much did God give you? forgive you. A tonsy, a just a bazillion, right? Be a forgiving person because you have been forgiven. I will, I will, and I actually do believe this point, that people that are unable to forgive others have not truly received forgiveness themselves. I do believe that. I, I know it's, uh, well, you, you can't back it up in Scripture. I probably could if I wanted to write a thesis on it, but I don't. The bottom line is, if we have, have received the genuine forgiveness that is ours in Christ, we tend to have a greater sense of love. Those that are forgiven little, love little. Those that are forgiven much, love much. And so the idea behind that is we need to be this people that receive it from the Lord, enjoy it from the Lord, be blessed in it because of the Lord, but then pass it on. Okay, the Lord doesn't, here, I'm pouring my forgiveness into you, here, here, here. It's not just for you to come and take a shower. It's for you to share it, too. And that's an important principle. Here in James 2.13, something we all know, uh, I've heard probably a hundred times, if not a thousand times, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who's not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Now listen to this passage, because we always stick with the last part of it. We need to remember the first part of it. Judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who's not been merciful. 
Well, when you're merciful, that doesn't mean that the person you were extending mercy to does everything right. It means that you're forgiving. You're going above and beyond. And mercy triumphs over judgment. I've actually had people argue against extending mercy. How are they going to win that discussion with God? How are you going to win that discussion with God? You know, you forgave me 60 trillion bazillion, but I, I just can't forgive this guy this buck because I don't like him. He didn't do what I said. He's not nice. He irritates me. That's, that's fantastic. The idea behind that is we have to affiliate or connect to God. It's, it's not these people need to affiliate to us. We need to affiliate to Jesus. We don't need them to connect us. We need to connect to God so that we can act the way that God wants us to, so that we can reflect Jesus. Look, even if you have a different point of view on the end times, a different point of view on spiritual gifts, a different point of view on eternal security, a different point of view on on, uh, the church offices, so what? That's nothing. Nobody's going to, Christians aren't shooting or shouldn't be shooting one another over stuff like that. Disagree. Fine. You love Jesus. That is the big stepping stone, isn't it? But that's not who's going to persecute the Christians. The person who's going to persecute the Christians is the person that don't have any of Jesus in them. And they will be seeking those who do have Jesus in them to kill the Jesus that's in us. That's, that's almost, that's, that's not, a, it's absolutely guaranteed. Keep in mind something. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around roaring like, roaring like a lion, seeking someone to devour. If Satan can get you caught up in a lack of forgiveness, he's got you. He's got a hold on you. And that's what the enemy's trying to do. Now, if you're in that position, let's say you're one of those people, and you have really just not extended a lot of forgiveness. You know where the forgiveness is? It's in Jesus. Get before the Lord and ask him to pour it fresh into your mind and heart and fill you full of that grace and mercy to be able to extend that forgiveness. Sometimes you need extra help, a little extra boost. I don't know about you guys, but I get up in the morning. Some mornings I'm a little more wide awake. Other mornings, I need a little extra coffee. I need a little boost. Sometimes you come before the Lord, you go, I need a boost of that forgiveness stuff right now because I know you've forgiven me, and I just want to throw things at this other person because they're doing this. We all go through that. But to be like Jesus, I'll just say this because this is the key. To be like Jesus is to be on that cross while being crucified and still say, Father, forgive them. That's when you're going to be like Jesus. That's when you reflect Jesus Christ. And remember, your goal on this planet is not for you to have a big bank account, not for you to have a nice house. It's not for you to do anything except reflect Jesus more and more. If you don't understand that, you've got to go back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then right after that, read the book of Acts, and after that, read Romans, and then read First and Second Corinthians, then Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, First Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, uh, then you need to read James, and then First Peter, Second Peter, and then you need to read First John, Second John, Third John, Jude, and Revelation, and you'll understand in those 27 books that your primary purpose is to reflect Jesus more and more. Got that? I mean, I'm not even going to 
Uh, there's no, no defense against that. And if you're a person that's much more committed to the process, let's say you're a much more political person, there's nothing wrong with that. And if you're a person that's not very political, there's nothing wrong with that. And God designed you a certain way. Our job is to not make other people like or look like us. Our job is to help other people look like Jesus. How many, how many little David Spoons you want running around the world? You, you want one and you barely want that. In other words, you don't want a bunch of you running around. You want a bunch of Jesus running around. True discipleship is not making the disciples, making people who's in your universe to be like you. It's for all of you to be like Jesus. That's discipleship. Okay? That's the purpose of biblical discipleship. That makes sense? All right. I know it's a lot of material, but you know what? You're big people. You can handle it. And it's important to recognize because, man, if we operate without mercy, we're putting ourselves in a very delicate position between us and God because to the merciful, I will show myself merciful, God says. So we want to be those people that are that make the Lord say proud, but honor him in what we do. I guess you could say make him proud. We want to be well – we want to hear well done. At least I want to hear, well done. I want to get done with everything and have the Lord go, good job, well done, just in trying to pursue him. Okay? All right. Uh, who crafted an idol for the Israelites to worship while Moses was away? The answer to that is Aaron. Aaron did it. Oh, Aaron Fortunately, he did it. Uh, he crafted it. It's what came out. There's some issue as to whether uh, he crafted it or it came out that way. Uh, nobody cares. He shouldn't have been doing it in the first place. Everybody knows it. It was the wrong thing to do. No idols. Uh, idolatry is not just worshiping some big stick somewhere. It's anything that stands between you and God inside your heart. That also is idolatry, which is forbidden. Okay? All right. We're going to finish up, and then we'll have our show tomorrow. We're back in the studio on Monday. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll be back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Lay me down in peace and sleep. Views and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.